Yes, people, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Echoes from the Void. And, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there seems to be a lot of crazy shit happening that I just makes no sense to me. Makes no sense. And a lot of shit, a lot of shit is just, it's kind of grinding my motherfucking gears, man. But stuff that shouldn't, stuff, you know what I mean? Stuff that, like, ah, whatever, it should be that. But, like, just for instance, okay? So, there's an advert that keeps on playing, and I'm, like, if I watch most shit, like Netflix, whatever, no ads, but when you watch stuff on more for, you have to put up with these adverts, which is so frustrating. And for some reason, I keep on seeing this new Wrigley's Extra ad. It's the one with the motherfucking zombies. And I'm say, it makes no sense whatsoever. You know what I mean? Because you've got this, this dude talking to this zombie chick. And it's just like, I don't know if I should kiss you or not. And you're just like, um, it's a fucking zombie. What are you talking about? It's going to eat your motherfucking face, you fucking weirdo. And then she's just like, oh, it's because I'm hot. <laughs> and puts a, a mint in her mouth. So, what you know, what's Wrigley trying to say, really? That you... Could have a mouth like garbage, but fuck cleaning your teeth because all you need to do is pop in one of these little suckers and everything will be a okay. Which is like an odd message to send, you know what I mean? I mean, it's gonna make a lot of dentists extremely happy and rich, but otherwise, it's weird, and then. Also, firstly, another thing, sure, he ain't hot. She's a motherfucking zombie. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's never going to work. And it redefines the term stinky fingers because, I don't know, I was like, hey, I think I've said enough. You know what I mean? Who wants to mess with that? That's going to, there's going to be, oh, just a stench. It's just not appealing. Not appealing. But I wonder if they've um, broached that in The Walking Dead. You know what I mean? Maybe Rick's pressing zombies or something. I don't know. I gave up on that shit after season two. Way too depressing. Way too depressing. But, you know, that's just probably... That's just a glimpse of the shit that is just, you know, driving me insane right now. But there's plenty going on in the news, you know what I mean? Plenty of insane shit. Just for instance, right? The country of Brunei has just implemented a new regime of Sharif law, which is... It's kind of crazy, but... It's not like we didn't kind of know this was coming. 
So that's the nuts thing about it. Like, you know what I mean? People are going crazy about it. But, you know, we knew this was coming. Like, they introduced, like, the first wave of shit in 2014. Right? And said at the time, more would come. So, it's a bit like, all right. They, you know what I mean? What, what did we think was going to happen? That they were going to go, oh, we made a mistake. Oopsie. No. Like, once that was, that once that happened then, you, like, you know sh- more shit is going to eventually drop. So, they, they brought in, um, yeah, they brought in these new they're calling them new measures (laughs) new measures which is a bit like hmm what the fuck is this so um yeah like the the new um the new offenses are kind of they're mainly aimed at the muslim faith but, you know, non-Muslims will still get shit as well. But, so, what they're saying is offences such as rape, adultery, sodomy, robbery, and insult or defamation of the Prophet Muhammad will carry the maximum penalty of death. Lesbian sex carries... um. A penalty of 40 strokes of the cane or a maximum of 10 years in jail. Uh, if you're caught stealing, amputation is the punishment. It doesn't say, but I'm assuming it's the uh, it, it, it's the hand that was used to steal. Or I guess they'd say, what, are you left or right-handed and then chop that hand off? Because there's certain things, like, you know what I mean? If you nick something in the street, they can see, oh, yeah, they grabbed it with the right hand. But I, I don't know. Like, if, if it's, like, digital fraud, then you kind of use both hands to type. So I'm assuming... Yeah, that, that's probably the hand used or your dominant hand, which would kind of make you f- fucked, basically, for, like, I don't know, just doing anything going forward. Um, then also, those who persuade, tell, or encourage Muslim children under the age of 18 to accept the teachings of religions other than Islam, are liable to a fine or jail. Yeah. Um, And then individuals who have not reached puberty, but are convicted of certain offences, may instead be subject to um, whippings. Which is... uh, Yeah. It is... crazy man like a lot of celebrities have you know come out 
But that seems to be the thing. Celebrities do just then go, oh, this is bad. Oh, people. Blah, blah, blah. But that's it. You know what I mean? Like, don't do anything else. You know, send out some tweets. You know, it's all, it's fighting. You know, that's the thing that pisses me off. It's, it's all well and good to be a backseat protester. But do you actually live by the convictions? You know what I mean? I mean, that's the big, that's the big thing. But, yeah, I, I, I want to know, how is this shit proven, though? You know what I mean? It's, because it's just like, look, it, like, theft, you know, things like that. Theft, rape, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yes, that can be proven. But sodomy? How do you prove sodomy because people can be in a gay relationship but it doesn't mean that they necessarily have anal sex do you know what I mean they might not want to have sex at all or they might just like a little bit of oral you know what I mean this is like doesn't mean that they're, they're penetrating each other so like but Someone could go, hey, hey, those two in apartment, blah, 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 they're into sodomy. So, what happens then? Who, who are you believing? Yeah, that's a, that's, see, that's an odd one. That's an odd one. And I would be like, because, you know what I mean? If you're a lesbian, you're not getting stoned to death. So I would just be, um, I, I consider myself to be a, a a lady. So technically, I'm a lesbian because fuck, I would rather be whipped than stoned to death. But yeah, it's a fuck situation, man. But it's a bit. What? You know, because there's a lot of other countries that have similar laws. This is, it's not like Brunei are the only ones that stone people because there are other countries that stone. There are other countries where um, homosexuality is an offence. You know, so, like, technically... No one can really say anything to them. That's the thing. That that you know what I mean that's the crazy thing about it. Technically you can't say anything because hey, they're a you know, they're a sovereign state. Um so all, I mean the one thing you, you can do is choose not to visit there or to um you know give them any money. So because there's a date because the um so the Sultan of Brunei he has definitely got cake because he owns a gang of hotels two in um two in London which I didn't even know so he owns the Dorchester and forty five Park Lane and I've been to press shit at both of those hotels. So it's a bit like, you know what I mean? So, hey, I'm not going to spend, you know what I mean? Technically, I wouldn't spend any money there. But that's all you can do. 
Yeah, you, you, it's like, what, if I went to Brunei and was like, hey, I'm against what you, he's going, to go, well, fuck you, man. I mean, the rest of the world could technically put sanctions in place, because uh, if you think about it, they did it with South Africa, did it with, um, like, Iraq, so uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they do that or not. You know what I mean? I think mean, that shows. <sighs> I mean, I was going to say it shows how serious you are, but sometimes those sanctions aren't shit. But it will, yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see how this progresses. Because right now, look, the shit has got, it's just gone in play today. The, today is the first day of these new laws, I believe, or it might have been last Wednesday. I'm losing track of time. But, yeah, it will be interesting to see what the fallout of this is because it is kind of crazy. I kind of feel there's a lot of um, low-hanging fruit bullshit right now, you know? There's like what last year we had still Steven Spielberg going off, you know, what I mean, talking he shit that Netflix is bad and oh they're ruining the cinema for the world. Then he appears at the Apple event going, I'm making films and TV for Apple. And you're like, um what are you saying, you kinda little weasel? Now you have Helen Mirren throwing shade. And it's a bit like, oh, you're, it's, it's just such, it's just a cheap bullshit comment. It's a bit like comedians telling Trump jokes. I mean, look, if you've got something that's really imaginative, that's fine. But when you're just saying... Hey, I don't like that. You know, it's just like, oh, fuck off, you pathetic individual. So, at the moment, there's the annual CinemaCon event happening um, in uh, Vegas, I believe. Yeah. And, Helen, you know, it's where... um, you know, studios will go to promote, you know, their their, uh, their new films and stuff to um, cinema owners, you know, so the cinema chains are there, the studios go and go, hey, look, we've got these films coming out, you want to show it at your cinema, so it's like that, you know what I mean, and so... Mirren is there to talk about her new film and she stands up and she says I love Netflix but fuck Netflix you know it's just like there's nothing like sitting in the cinema to watch a film and it's just ugh it's, it's, it's just a bullshit comment to say. Because if you're saying that, you don't love Netflix. Yeah, it, it, It's just like, you don't. 
because you don't understand what's going on because you're a rich motherfucker so fuck you right going to the cinema i remember as a kid right going to the cinema five pounds in my pocket that is getting me a ticket into the film right and then ducking across the road buy myself a panda pop packet of five p crisps few penny sweets then i can go get myself a little happy meal afterwards all for five pounds that ain't gonna get me shit right now you know what I mean? like it's 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 about what i went to cinema the other day and it was i think 16 18 pounds for a ticket which is like what the fuck man and also you've like a lot of cinemas they do not fucking screen check so you're paying all that money then you've got a bunch of dickheads behind you making noise all the way through so that puts a lot of people off going firstly because the cost of it you can't like so like going to the cinema more than once a week is a thing like and once a week might be a push for some people some people it might be once a month that you think shit okay especially if there's like you know you think about it right so if if you're if you're taking you and your partners to cinema so that's over 30 pounds that's over 30 pounds just on the cinema so then you have to think about the travel cost then like maybe getting some food just a drink like it goes up then if you've got a motherfucking little i don't know brat you got babysitting and bullshit so going to the cinema it's really pricing you out right now so you have to think all right I, I, are there any deals going on? Like, you know what I mean? Because if you do the, 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 an offer on a Monday. So it's like, all right, if I'm going to go, I'm going to try and go on a Monday. So you're looking for that to help you go. Then, if you're paying all this money to go, you want a good experience. You don't want people making noise all the way through your fucking film. So you have that. So, if there is an opportunity to watch things at a cheaper cost at home that's gonna benefit a whole heap of people a whole heap of people so why are you trying to take that away from people man what the fuck is that you know what i mean it is it, it's just naive super naive and it's rude man it's it's just fucking rude like and i think netflix's response i think was extremely good you know what i mean it was tempered it wasn't aggressive and it was it was you know it was fooled out you know so they said we love cinema here are some things we also love access for people who can't always afford or live in towns without theaters letting everyone 
everywhere enjoy releases at the same time, giving filmmakers more ways to share art. These things are not mutually exclusive, which is fair. Now, for years, they've been talking about, you know what I mean? Um, oh, shit, I can't think of the name. But basically, films being released in the cinema at the same time as online. So, you know what I mean? You, you'd have a certain platform that you could register with and then watch watch releases. Like Curzon have um you know they've got their digital platform where a lot of indie films when they're releasing a cinema they're on this platform as well and look it doesn't necessarily mean there's a drop off in attendances to cinema because there's certain films that you know what I mean they definitely are better watched at the cinema and so you will make an effort to see them in a cinema, if you can. Like, there's some people that watch films, like, a gang of times. You know, like, hey, to, like, when when I did the, the, with Echo Chamber with Tupac recently, you know, I, th- I think he was, like, he'd seen Black Panther, I think it was twice, three times. You know what I mean? So, hey, if I see one of those in a cinema and then watch one at home, what's wrong with that? How is that bad? And it, you, look, you're just, it's giving people options. So to, to make a stupid comment like that should be illegal, that should be frowned on, fuck you. you know, it, yeah, it's just like, because you have no substance to that argument. You're adding nothing new. You're just, you know, you're just saying the same old rhetoric that's been said before. If you come with some solid reasons and don't come with the, oh, because, you know, it, it's taking away from cinemas. It's not. Look, cinemas are fucking cinemas because they're well overpriced. Everyone knows it. The prices are going up each year and the experience, it's not really improving. It really isn't. So what are you saying? You know? It's just a ridiculous thing to say. It's a ridiculous argument. Everyone can... You know what I mean? Every, every, everyone can, like, live. You know? It, it, we can all exist. Those that want to go cinema, those that would rather watch at home because of price or just availability. So why take both options off the table? Fucking morons. Okay, and I ain't... <sighs> the last thing just pissing me off this week. <laughs> so, hey, look, it was April the 1st on Monday, right? So it's April Fool's Day. Everyone knows that. So anything you hear... On that day, you have to take with a pinch of salt, right? And, um, I don't know. Justin Bieber put out a post that he's, um, him and his wife, Hayley Goodwin, 
are expecting a baby. So, you know, I mean, he posted a few pictures, like her in the hospital, and then an ultrasound. But then he came out and was like, okay, I was just kidding. Sorry. And everyone is pissed. They're calling it disgusting. Disgusting. Which is just a bit like, wait, hold on. He 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 made a joke. You might not find it funny, but I'm sure there are plenty of people that did. Uh, and supposedly, right? So this is the thing. Um, people are saying that what he did was insensitive to those who, um, you know, are struggling to have a family. That's the, that, I mean, that's a claim. You know what I mean? For for people who can't have children. But like, fucking grow up. You know what I mean? It's, it's a bit like, what? So any joke now, you have to think, okay, so, okay, I can't say anything about this because, you know, maybe vegetarians will be offended. Or, or this joke because maybe meat eaters are going to be offended. I mean, this joke because, oh, you know, he's poking fun at people in sandals and they might be offended. It's a bit like, look, it's a fucking joke. It's April the 1st as well. So that's shame on you for believing that bullshit. And what do you care? Like, seriously. What do you care? I don't get these people that are being like, Oh my god, Justin Bieber is pregnant! This is incredible! Oh my god, my life is now fulfilled! It's not you. It's someone that you don't even know. You you buy his album. You, you download his music. Who gives a fuck? It doesn't mean that he now owes you anything, any part of his life. You know what, I mean? what happens to him, it doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect you one little bit. So whether he's pregnant or he's not pregnant, you aren't a party to that. And, alright, you can't have a kid. Biologically, you can still have a fucking kid, you whiny pieces of shit. Do you realise the amount of kids that... Are in homes. You know, the amount of kids that are, are, are just seeking adoption or fostering. Do you understand that numbers of kids that you know what I mean are in care and and, and need adopting has dropped dramatically in the last. I think it was like eight years. Right, so don't whine that you can't squirt out a motherfucking baby when you could go and adopt a little kid. Doesn't even have to be a little kid. There's teenagers as well, fucking people. So stop your whining because a celebrity made a joke that I didn't like. Oh boo hoo! Oh no! How am I gonna sleep? 
Stop whining about that and maybe think to yourself, right? Maybe think, fine, I can't have a kid and I don't know why I'm expecting the NHS to fork out all this money so I can. And all right, fine, yeah, I do want a kid. So, hey, I know, why don't I go and see if I can adopt a kid? Hey, that would be a good thing, right? Huh? Wouldn't it? Yes, it would, fuckface. Now shut up. Well, I have to say, the UFC Philadelphia card went from decent to goddamn... Whoa. (laughs) You know what I mean? The main card. Whoa. And also... It was a big change for UK because it's like it started at half seven over here. So, yeah, it was all done by, oh gosh, what, like two in the morning or something like that. Which is, uh, you know what I mean, the main card usually hasn't even started by two in the morning. So, that was very different. Um, Like, now, there was... I'm basically going to talk about the main card, but there was a cu- a couple of fights on the preli- pre- uh, the prelims, so the early and then just the main prelims, like the Rayburg Casey Kenny fight. Now, people seemed pissed that Kenny won that fight. I I definitely think Kenny won the first round. You could then say Borg won the f- second round. The third round, I don't know. Maybe Borg because he got a couple of takedowns. But it was a close fight. And Ray Borg came in overweight. Like well overweight. Like two and a half pounds or something overweight. So I don't mind that he didn't get the nod. Because when you're coming in that heavy, that's a clear advantage. And did you really bother? That's the main thing. Did you kill yourself to get down? So where the other person may have done, you didn't. So the time you get to the ring, you're a lot more refreshed than they are. So yeah, I don't mind that Ray Borg didn't get that victory. In the um, in the main prelim card, I have to say Kevin Holland, Jared Marchette, both of these guys. Oh my gosh, they really need to work on their cardio. Every single fight they have, they're gassed. I'm really gassed. Come the third round, they need to work on the cardio. I that I that's just it. Desmond Green basically destroyed Ross Pearson. Ross Pearson was, you know, he's a gritty, he comes to fight, he's tenacious. I would say, though, he's been knocked out way too much recently. And, look, he will always scrap, but I, you just get the sense that He's not going to win anything else. 
I think his chin is too suspect, and he 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 never had a, a a wealth of tools as it was. You know, he he doesn't kick much. He the, you don't really fear the takedown from him or jujitsu. You know what I mean? So you know he's just coming to punch. That's basically Ross Pearson. So where like the new breed of fighters have evolved and they've like got so many dimensions. Ross doesn't, which always puts him up at, at a disadvantage. And it just seems that that's too much now. So, I, look, yeah, he could fight on for a few more. I don't think he'd win them, but he could fight. And a lot of those fights would be competitive for sure. He'll lose though. And in those losses, he will probably eventually get knocked out. And you kind of think, it's not worth the CTE. Because, you mean, as a fighter, you're going to be taking a lot of trauma as it is. So why extend that? So, to be honest, I would like to see Ross just hang it up, you know. You could say the same with Jessica Aguilar because she is tough as hell. But she's always a smaller fighter. So she has to take so many shots to get in. She won the first round for sure. But when Rodriguez got her range sorted, it was just, it was done for her. And she just got battered. Battered. Like, it was incredible. She, you know, made it to a decision. But is it worth it? You know, the fact that she will never fight for the title. Never. There would have to be, like, just a, 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 a slate of illnesses. And illnesses that would put people out for months. For them to go, shit, we need a type. Fine, it's got to be Jessica and uh, the champ. That would be the only way, I feel, right now. But, you know, she's a gritty, gritty-ass fighter. You cannot take that away from her. Okay, so then we got to the main card. Now, started off with Sudif Yusef against Shaman Moraz. And this was a lot of back and forth, you know what I mean? But you, you kind of felt that Yusef had the edge going in. Um, and then in the third round, and he put Moraz down and really just, you know capped it off like he seemed to kind of dominate that third round so it was a good victory for him it'll be interesting to see how he progresses because he's definitely a talent but what's he like off his back you know what I mean can he be the nail so I mean he was in some situations but I will I mean like someone completely swarming him can he cope with that? The fact that he called out um, Cron Gracie. Woo! That was interesting. So, yeah. Definitely be interesting to see what happens next. Kennedy. Um, 
Nuzacek Wu against Paul Craig. This, oh my God, this was such a frustrating fight. Paul Craig is, hey, he's definitely got heart for days. But he, again, he needs to work on that frigging stamina because his stamina is not great. So he needs to work on his stamina and he needs to work on his, like, his takedowns. Like, he was getting the takedowns, like, in the end in this fight. But his entrances to the takedown, they are not great at all, you know, someone with really good takedown defense, they're not going to get taken down by him, that's the thing, Kennedy, Jesus Christ, like, he was clearly the better fighter in, in stages of this fight, but he just, didn't seem to know how to keep things strung together. It was bizarre, really bizarre. Like he he had the reach advantage, couldn't throw a straight jab to save his life. It was, it was such a weird performance. But he was still winning. That was the thing. Still winning. And he'd escaped some, you know, like, submission attempts where he had been sloppy and left his arm in and, you know what I mean? But then he goes and does it again. Oh, my God. Does it again and doesn't even kind of move to the right side to try and escape. That was the weird thing. It was just like... It's like he didn't know what to do. And that was his problem throughout this fight. He'd get into positions and then it looked like he didn't know what to do. So, I mean, Kennedy, he could be good. But he needs a lot of work. He should take some time off and just really think what he wants to do and just work on the skill set, you know. The next fight, whoo, Karolina Kovejovic against Michelle Waterstone, the karate hottie. This was a fight. Because Kovejovic is always tough, always good. You know what I mean? So, putting her against Waterstone on paper, looking at past experiences, you'd, you'd say... Kovejovic would win this fight but Walter Stone has really turned her career around her last her last few performances have been extremely good and she's just seems to have realized how to put everything together again at straw weight but she was always a beast at atom weight I remember the first time I saw her was winning the Invicta atom weight title so you know, she's always been a great fighter, but it's like she she's now putting it really together, and that's great. And this fight, it's 
she was just firing on all cylinders and Carolina just didn't seem to uh, get started like it's she wasn't operating at a hundred percent you know what I mean she was maybe operating at 50 it was just like she was just in quickstand or something but she couldn't get anything off first and so Waterstone just swarmed her and was always always first to the punch always maneuvering always sidestepping just position work was fantastic and it you know it was a straight up dominant performance you know there were you couldn't say carolina won any of the rounds and waterstone just killed it killed it as a best performance to date um so you kind of feel that um the winner of suarez and ansaroff will probably get the title next title shot but i think then the winner of that fight would fight waterstone for sure yeah i can definitely see that we next had josh emmett against michael johnson and god damn it this fight like johnson was oh man he was looking so slick in this fight you know first of the punches he like he was killing it but like it, i think it was kind of halfway through the second round emmett did start to touch no 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 so it was beginning of the third round emmett did start to touch him they weren't great shots. They weren't hard shots. But he did start to touch him. And oh, I don't know what it is. Like sometimes Johnson just seems to switch off. You know what I mean? He just seems to lose focus for a moment. And that's what happened again. He just lost focus. And Emmett touched him touched him clean and that was it Johnson was done out before he hit the grip mat it was insane it was insane because there was like I don't know 40 seconds left in the fight you know what I mean and you just think oh my god you know Johnson Johnson could have been Picking up a dominant performance, which would have taken him cl a lot closer to the featherweight belt. You know what I mean? Is he would have put that would have been I think three fights back to back, but just that little slip in concentration, whoo, had him knocked out again. So you you kind of feel now that Johnson, it's just gatekeeper status, man. I don't you you can't see him now challenging for the featherweight title. So yeah, it's a shame because he's not a bad fighter. It's just these these concentration issues. That's the problem. I feel. We then had David Branch against Jack Hanansen in the co 
main event of the evening. Um, I mean, David Branch, former W World Series of Fighting light heavyweight and middleweight champion. So he's a good fighter. And we've seen glimpses of that in the UFC. Like he knocked out um, Tiago Santos, who has been on a tear and is challenging um, John Jones. You know, in July for the strap. So, Branch has got skills. But then Hanansen has just been killing it. Like, serious ground and pound. Just destroying people. So, you were thinking, yo, this is going to be a good fight. Especially the fact that, you know, Hanansen will take people down. But Branch, black belt, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. So... This can't be a walkover, right? This is going to be close, back and forth. This is going to be a fight. Well, no. No, it was not. I think this lasted, like... I don't know, like... 49 seconds. It didn't last long at all. Just... Hermanson just swarmed Branch... Swarmed him. Like, Branch didn't do anything in this fight. So, yeah, he swarmed him. He took him down. Sunk in a uh, guillotine. Like, and the guillotine that he put in. You saw it. It was so clear. That was a crazy thing. It was just like, Branch should have, you know, seen this so many times in practice. Like, he tried to grab the fence at one point, which is just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And even after he let go of the fence, he still wasn't locked into the position. There was still so many ways to escape. But it was just... I don't know, it was so bizarre, it was so bizarre, because he just kind of let it happen, fell into it, and didn't do anything to escape it, that was one of the weirdest things, it was just like, he was just like, oh well, you got me, alright, fine, and you're just like, wait, what? What the hell is happening here? This is bizarre. But yeah, Hanansen, I mean, he's staking his claim at middleweight. For sure. For sure. Like, you kind of feel, okay, so, we've got um, Adesanya against Gastelin, you know, in a couple of weeks for the interim belt. Now, from reports, Whitaker is back in training. So, they'll fight. Then, the winner will fight Whitaker. So, um, that means Hananson could have one more fight. And if he has one more dominant performance, who knows? That could match him up with the champ. Who knows, man? 
but yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens there. So then it's the main event: Edson Barboza against Justin Gaethje. Like his leg kicks for days. You know what I mean? Like this was going to be savage. You knew that. You knew that. Yo, someone is going to be in hospital, icing their legs, if not both of these motherfuckers. And god damn it, we were not disappointed. Like they were just standing like you throw a leg kick, I throw a leg kick. Bam 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 bam. And yeah, it was insane. It was insane. Like rock'em sock'em for sure. But the problem is uh like Gaethje was landing some heavy punches. And he hurt Barboza with one of these heavy punches. Barboza's backing off. Like, gets him against the fence. He lands some more punches. Like, one of those seemed to kind of hurt Barboza as well. So, Barboza tried to move to the side to escape. Which is fine. You know, he, he, he... did a nice little pivot to get out of his position. But what we have seen in the last few weeks, Barboza did. In moving away, he dropped his hands. Dropped his hands. Like the same thing happened with Till. Um, and then the same thing happened with that other person whose name has lost me. But you know who I'm talking about. And, yeah, Barboza got hammered with a Gaethje hook. And he was out stone cold. Was just like, god damn it, man. Was insane. Was insane. And I, I don't know about anyone else, but... Good. Like when Gaethje gets up onto the top of the ring and does the backflip, that worries the fuck out of me. I'm just like, yo, what if he mislimed it and lands on his head? What if he breaks a leg? I'm just like, yo, that's just dangerous as a motherfucker. But, god damn, yeah, it was a serious fight, man. Gaethje, whoa. You know what I mean? After knocking out Vic and now. Barbosa, ooh, he is definitely laid came for a top fight next, and he, like, what did he, I think he called out the winner of Cerrone, um, Iaquenta, so, yeah, that, I mean, that would be a good fight, definitely be a good fight, and you kind of feel then the winner of that would be fighting, um, well, mm, it's a tricky one because then you've got this like next in a couple of weeks, you've got Pore v. Um, Holloway. So the winner of that should be fighting Khabib. And um, Dana said Khabib is coming back for September. So, but you know what I mean? Like, that's still a long time off. So, I mean, I think it would be, it could be fair to go. Because then 
I don't know, because you might do the winner of Cerrone Alaquenta against the winner of Poirier Maxwell. Maxwell. Maxway. Holloway. Jesus Christ. Holloway. So you could say the winner of those two fights fight. Then, like, that winner could fight Gaethje for sure. But it just depends how it all ties up, I guess. The, the, the damage people take in those fights. So if any of those people are out, Gaethje steps in for sure. For sure. But, yeah, lightweight. It's always been a good division and it is definitely looking kind of sick right now. So, yeah. We have got a couple of weeks, couple of weeks break, ah, you know, so uh, the 13th of April is the next event, that's UFC uh, 236, it's a good fight, got some good fights on this card, for sure, um, really looking forward to, um, yeah, really looking forward to the main the main card, because we've got Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, Kevin Gastelin, Israel Adesanya, Eric Anders against Khalil Roundtree, Alan Jaban against Benny Siegel, Ovin St. Preux against Nikita Krolov, so, um, yeah, that's a good card, people, it's a good card. So, um, yeah, no UFC next week. So, see you in a couple of weeks, people. All right, peace. So, Friday the 29th of March saw the return of Victor Fresco's Santa Clarita Diet to Netflix for its 10-episode season three. Um, I have to say... It's classified as a comedy horror. I don't know if I'd say it's a horror. Like, definitely comedic. It's not scary enough for a horror. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess what else would you classify it as? I mean, there is gore and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess... Uh, so, this season saw the return of Drew Barrymore, Timothy Oliphant, Liv Hewson, Skylar Gizondo, Mary Elizabeth Ellis. You know, uh, we had a few returnees as well, um, such as Natalie Morales's Anne Garcia, um, and Ramona Young's Ramona. But Nathan Fillon wasn't playing um, Gary this season. Funny enough, though, Alan Tudak, he's a Firefly compatri, uh, took up the role. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it was, um, you know, a lot of similar... But with some new additions. Um, 
So the story this time uh, was kind of exploring the mythology of the world of Santa Clarita. You know, there was a kind of a, a look at the Knights of Serbia. So we kind of find out more about them and what they do. Um, there's definitely more on what the hell Mr. Bullegs is. You know, like, what's all that about? Um, then we kind of are looking at Eric and Abby and the ramifications of their uh, blowing up the fracking uh, plant last season and all of that. And just kind of what's happening with you know Sheila and Joel you know how how is that situation evolving and you know just the kind of world itself you know we find that like last season there was Ramona so we know Sheila's not the only one so it's just like you know it's stuff like that that was kind of building on this season and yeah like it was it was I have to say, it, it was fun. It wasn't a bad season. Um, some interesting kind of twists thrown up in there. You know, like with the Knights. And then there's another organisation kind of coming in. Trying to find the, uh, the, the Walking Dead. The Zombies. Uh, so we have that. Then it, it's kind of... Sheila looking at, okay, so what do I do with, you know, this gift, as Anne had kind of put it to her, she was the chosen one, so then Sheila's thinking, okay, so, oh, am I the chosen one, like, what, so what is this, what do I do with this, and so it's kind of, I guess it was a, a kind of a conversation around morality, no, def yeah, it was definitely a conversation about morality because then Joel has to think about it as well, you know. So we have this kind of conversation about, you know, actually, I can't talk about that. You'll have to watch to find out. But yeah, it, it's this big thing that kind of goes on for a lot of episodes. Um, then you've got like their feud with the other realtors and you know, like how does this all kind of connect? You know, how can they stop things from kind of spiraling out of control? Because there's, you know, if there's too much attention on them, that can throw up some things, but then yeah, like they want to get revenge and they know that they can. And so we have all of this playing out. And as I said, you know, we're looking at um, Abby and Eric. And, you know, I think as like the ramifications of them blowing up the fracking place. But then, you know, the, like the time they're spending together and, you know, what are the feelings they have for each other? Like, you know, is this a real thing, or is this just because they're in each other's company a lot because of everything that's going on, 
so you have all of that and then you've also got how does abby now fit within the family dynamic you know should she be kind of sheltered from it all or should she just be fully brought in because she ends up bailing out you know sheila and uh um joe anyway so yeah we're, we're kind of looking at all of these sorts of things i have to say there were kind of because you know we see um ron again so ron's back in this season from the uh asylum at the end of the last season and like i i guess there's there's parts of it that are a bit I don't know, I don't know if the word tedious is right, but it's just a bit like we know what is going to happen here. So it's a bit like it gets played out a bit and it's just like, like, why? What's the point? Because it's too transparent. You know what I mean? It's just like there's no point trying to mask what you're going to do because we know what you're going to do and look yes you've done it so you've got that and along with the morality about you know what does Sheila do with these powers and all of this kind of thing you've also now it's just looking at things like oh no but you know oh zombies could be nice and zombies could be and it's just a bit like okay okay we need to stop this shit because it's just um a bit ridiculous because you know people have to die for them to eat and so it's a situation that it's just a bit like look let's not get ridiculous with this you know and that plays out the Mr. Ball leg thing. I think it's it, you're kind of yeah because you wonder what the fuck is this thing. So when you learn more about that, it's like oh okay. But I will say we get to a point where it's a bit like okay, I think I know what's going to happen with this, and and then in the last stanza as it were, it does play out, and you're just like, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't do this, and then they did it, and it was just a bit like, oh, god damn it, why did you do that, so, season, if there is a season four, I, there's gonna be some interesting things, but, I will say, I don't know how much longer this can play out for before you're just a bit like, "Eh, I'm kind of bored of the concept of the idea now. Just because I think we're painting things into a corner. Like, it more and more and more and more and more and people are finding out about the situation. And... Yeah, because of the new situation, it, it's just gonna. I it's gonna make things to a point where you just. I don't know. You can't. There's only so much you can do. So yeah. <laughs> 
it's running into that problem but season three was okay it wasn't terrible it was kind of it was kind of fun it was that for sure it there was just some predictable bits in it that you think mm, did that need to be there but you know it's now on netflix so you can watch all 10 episodes whenever you feel like and they they always do the little recap thing which is good because you don't have to watch it you can just skip ahead so that's always cool but yes santa clarita diet season three on netflix now so this week i decided to go back to charles stross's laundry series and read book four the apocalypse codex which is again read by jack hawkins so the gist of the book is this for outstanding heroism in the field um computer computational demonologist bob howard is on the fast track for promotion to management within the laundry the super secret british government agency tasked with defending the realm from occult threats assigned to external assets bob discovers the company unofficially employs freelance agents to deal with sensitive situations that may embarrass queen and country so when ray schiffler an american televangelist with the uncanny ability to miraculously heal the ill becomes uncomfortably close to the prime minister external assets dispatches the brilliant beautiful and entirely unpredictable penelope hazard to infiltrate the golden promise ministries and discover why the preacher is so interested in british politics and it's bob's job to make sure penelope persephone sorry persephone hazard so it's and it's bob's job to make sure persephone doesn't cause an international incident but it's supernatural incident that bob needs to worry about a global threat even the laundry may be unable to clean up um i have to say this pro- this probably took me the longest to get into out of the book so far um just because you know we, we start off with new characters so we're following two new characters persephone and um uh joe i believe it's joe so we follow them and it's just like it because you're kind of wondering i guess what is their relationship to bob and mo and you know angleton and just the other kind of elements of the laundry you know how does this tie in so you try you know i mean it was just trying to figure that out and then when bob comes into it it's it's then just trying to kind of you know change focus and then get back into 
you know, just the kind of known events, the known um, aspects of the story. So, I, yeah, that took a little bit of time, I guess. But then once things got their flow, yeah, I have to say, the book was interesting. I, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is a little different. You know, and um, yeah, I was enjoying it. I have to say, yeah, definitely enjoying the um, the story and how the events were unfolding. You know, with these books, um, yeah, it's a lot of maths, and ink. It's a lot of, as well as non-linear kind of storytelling. There's kind of things happen that. I guess you wouldn't normally expect. So that's always kind of an enjoyable aspect of these books. And um, this one, you know, doesn't disappoint. And so you're kind of given all these kind of elements and you're just like, oh, so how, you know, and how do these kind of tie into things that we've already seen and, and understand? And then there's like these reveals that are dropped on you that you're like, oh, oh, I see. Well, that's new. You know, so it's these new kind of elements of the laundry um, and how things kind of fit together, which makes you like, you know what I mean? Kind of, I guess, look at some of the other books a little bit differently. And then especially kind of new aspects of Bob become clear, you know, that you, you necessarily weren't aware of. So you think that he's, um, like, I guess, uh, just a non-willing kind of participant of these things, and uh, you know what I mean, and so he's more a facilitator than anything. But I guess that kind of gets turned on its head. So, yeah, you definitely are looking at Bob differently, like halfway through this book, and then going forward. So it's just like, oh shit, okay, you know, because I guess you kind of view Mo. Uh, as being kind of the dominant one and the most powerful one of that relationship. So to see that Bob fits in slightly differently, and I was like, oh, interesting. You know, this is going to uh, lead to some interesting developments going forward. So yeah, that that was um that was a nice little kind of twist, and then especially um I think the dynamics the, the, the kind of dynamic shift of the story was an interesting um development as well, and it does feel that everything is kind of building. So now we kind of have an understanding of certain events and procedures. We're now kind of given things that I, I guess kind of let you see a more overview of this kind of giant tapestry 
that Strauss has been putting together. So it it makes the story. I I I think like a lot more interesting because it was always interesting, but now you kind of understand the scope of things and where things are kind of potentially leading to. So that yeah, I think that kind of adds a new layer to things, which is always good. So yeah. I, I, I would say, you know, this was a very interesting book. So if if you've been a fan of the series, yeah, definitely check this one out. Because it it really does kind of draw back the curtain, as they say, and give you kind of a, a new understanding of things. So yeah, definitely um check out book four of the laundry, the apocalypse codex so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to uh book five you know to see what um what new developments may come up and how the ramifications of um of this book kind of yeah transcend so i think book five is the righteous chart hmm I, of course I pronounced that wrong, but hey, <laughs> what were you expecting? But cool, yeah, check this book out. Okay, so one thing, you know, because yeah, we're getting to the end of this episode, so we're just going to hit a few more things, and then we're going to jump out, you know. Like, I've, I've just seen this this piece um, because James Corden was on David Tennant's podcast, and he's moaning about the lack of romantic roles for chubby actors, which is an odd thing because, like, the way he talks in this piece, it, it, it's like he's saying that larger people less attractive people are never in certain roles which hey look that's not a thing for a star there there's plenty of films where you know you have larger people in those roles you know like don't get me wrong it's not you know, it's not a 50-50 split. But you think about it, it's never going to be. Because this is like, you know, films especially. It's about escapism. It's about people looking for what they're not. You know, so you don't necessarily want to see a mirror image of you on the screen. You know what I mean? So it's never going to be 50-50, but there's definitely more of it. You know? There's, there's, like, so many shows on TV where you think, okay, you know, that's fine. 
Um, and then there's films. You know, Rebel Wilson is in a lot of films. And she's a larger actress. But the funny thing is, like, Viz Corden is then saying that, you know, the, 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 the chubby actor just gets to play the... Um, the sidekick kind of role, just the friend, rather than the, um, you know, the, the 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 main attraction. But he there, and he's like, "Oh, this is the reason I wrote Gavin and Stacey." But it's like in that show that you wrote, you then made yourself the side note. So if this was your opportunity to go, hey, I'm going to shake shit up, you didn't do that. So don't whine because you've been in a position to shake things up, but you didn't. You know, so there's a, I, I feel there's a lot of untruths in this and he's just moaning for the sake of moaning because, hey, his life is not bad. You know what I mean? He landed the talk show in America, which was always an odd one. You know what I mean? Always an odd one. And then he's got his other shit on TV. So he's getting work. You know what I mean? And if he wanted to, write something, bitch. Stop moaning. You have now got the clout. You have now got the contacts. You're in that position where you can. So instead of running your gums, do. Do something about it. You know, show and prove, motherfucker. Show and prove. But there's so much of this going on right now. Like, just people making these odd, odd statements, you know. Um, Like, Nipsey Hussle was shot recently. And there, there's these, like, news stories going... Uh, he his girlfriend is distraught. Be like, no shit, motherfucker. Like, what do you really expect right now? That she's gonna be running around doing cartwheels and shit? No. No, she's not. Idiots. And uh, the one thing I see, it's like now you've got all these motherfuckers jumping on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, whatever, going, oh yeah, uh, you know, to a fallen hero, Nipsey Hussle, oh, he was so much more, I mean, like, well, if he was all these things and you respected him so much and blah, 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 how is it, this is the first time your ass has ever spoken his name? You know, this is this is the thing that always baffles me. Like people want to try and act like, oh, this person was a hero or this person was changing lives, and I have so much respect for this person and blah blah blah. But it's just like you you only say that when that person has passed. Never say it when they're alive. You know, I mean, these people are fake. So fake. It's in. It's insane. It's insane, and it, yeah, it just drives me crazy, man. I don't know. I do worry if I am going crazy, though. I I, I just can't remember anything right now. I, and the, the the thing that really kind of got me. So the other, I don't even know why, 
But I was a bit like, I don't know. I think I saw this thing and someone was talking about being a certain age. And then I was a bit like, oh, yeah, I'm. Oh, and I can't remember how old I am. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm either 40 or 41. I know that. But off the top of my head, I can't remember <laughs> which. And the only way to do it is if I go to a calendar and try and work it out. And I really can't be bothered to do that. And frankly, who cares? You know what I mean? I don't know. Who cares? But yeah, I can't remember. Which, yeah, I don't know. I may, <laughs> may have to, you know, I don't know, drink some more vitamin C, eat eat some friggin' eat spinach. Hey, a load of spinach the other day. I don't know. I need to get my shit back on track. You know what I mean? But anyway, okay. So let, let's get out of here, man. Because I've been yapping for a while. You know what I mean? So... Ah, I have to say, man, this song, this this Nelly Furtada song, ah, loved it back in it. And Nelly Furtada, what a friggin' smoke show, right? God damn it, man, she's so fine. Mm. It, and if she wanted to eat me, hey, be you're welcome. You are welcome, my dear. But I, as I say, we're, we're gonna bounce. We're gonna bounce. But a little TV news. So um you know it's 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 coming up to um the the annual is it annual or is it bi-yearly now I I forget but it is the big Star Wars thing event that they usually have this month and word is that uh they will be screening footage of the Mandalorian I think that's how you pronounce it the um the first ever live action Star Wars series that will be hitting the Disney Plus platform in the fall this year. And words is now coming that Disney are going to um re-up. You know what I mean? So before anything has aired, they're gonna renew it for a season two. Which if you think about it, it's not a surprising thing because the amount of money that they must have laid out for sets and everything like that, you want to get, you know what I mean? You want to use that shit. So, you know what I mean? And also, so at the event, when they show the footage and every, and you know, the hopeful thing Everyone goes bananas about it. And they're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Disney can then be like, hey. <laughs> it's renewed for season two, bitches. So you're going to get a load of crazy ass stories. So they get that. And if worse comes to worse, right. And the reaction isn't great. All they do is just go, eh, fuck it, cancelled. Because I doubt, you know what I mean, production will be in total full string before it starts to air. You know what I mean? So they'll be planning out stories and all of that kind of thing now. Then they'll go into production. You know what I mean? So they can pull the plug whenever. It ain't even a thing. 
but it's good to get those wheels started, you know what I mean, which makes, makes full sense, I, I am interested to see what this is gonna be like, so yeah, um, next up, we've got, um, some new actors have signed on for, uh, for the new Game of Thrones prequel series, we've got Marquise Rodriguez, John Sim, Richard McCabe, John Hefferman, and Dixie Egerich. So they've all, uh, yeah, they've all signed up for the pilot, which is going to be helmed by S.J. Clarkson. And it's already starring um, Naomi Watts, Josh Whitehouse, Naomi Aki, Denise Goff, Jamie Campbell Bauer, Sheila Atim, Ivana Jemaya, Georgie Henley, Alex Sharp, and Toby Regbo. You know, Jane Goodman and George. R.R. Martin created it. Goodman's going to be the showrunner and executive produce with Martin himself. So, do you know, like what we know is this is set thousands of years before the events of Game of Thrones. And it's basically going from a time of prosperity to this moment of darkness which is you know it's an interesting concept so you know that's gonna drop next year i'm suspecting so it'll be interesting to see um yeah to see what happens but yeah so there's that and finally which it's not really surprising you know it's, it's hardly a shock but Netflix have um, announced that they've renewed the Umbrella season the, the Umbrella Academy for a second season um, yeah they're, they're saying that you know production will probably you know go underway in May finish in September so uh it will then um you know it can then drop next year um i don't know i like i don't i've not read the graphic novels so who knows what um well i say who knows what's gonna come from season two well those that read the graphic novels will, will obviously know what is going to be coming in season two. But yeah, like, you know, it, it, it it's um, based on the comic series by Gerard Way and Gabriel Barr. And I know that, um, I think it's Dark Horse, have um, sped a whole new uh, run into production. So... If you want to grab that shit, I, I suspect you can go to your local comic book store or um, order off like Amazon and uh, grab that shit, read up in advance. But yeah, 
Umbrella Academy is coming back. I don't know. I wasn't really in love with season one, but I know a lot of people were. So, um, yeah, there you go, people. Um, you know, that's it. Next week, we will be back. And, um, you know, I, I'm seeing Mark Marin at the weekend. So we'll be talking about that for sure. And I'm just about to go watch Luis J. Gomez presents Luis J. Gomez. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I, I suspect I will be talking about that in next week's episode as well. So enjoy yourselves. And I'm out. Peace.